It's Tennessee Titans talk, and it's time for maybe my favorite podcast of the year, our annual Notre Dame podcast, where we take a look at the draft prospects from how they did last year and our 2020 guys, who's going to go and where they might go. We've got our good friend, Bobby and I are uh, Notre Dame fans. Uh, he goes way back uh, his entire life. Uh, being an Irish fan, just has always tons of information on these guys. I'd love to bring him on just so we can talk. Notre Dame is one of those nationally relevant programs. They always have guys drafted. And it's just going to be really fun because you'll see these guys when you're watching this weekend. And we always hope for it. It hasn't really ever happened, Bobby, but I'd love to see one of these guys in two-tone blue. Yeah, especially for uh, my fandom uh, as it pertains to the Titans uh, speech, you know this. Um, usually I find myself going and, and rooting for whoever's on my fantasy football team. Uh, if it's a Titans player or not, that's kind of what sparks my interest level to them. But it would put me over the top if I could get uh, a Notre Dame guy playing close to home and be able to go check him out live. So I always hope for it, but it never seems to happen, like you said. What's the active NFL player who played at Notre Dame that would have just absolutely put you over the top? Is I like the Titans more than my fantasy football team. A guy that you would be, all right, where do you sit? I'm getting a season ticket with you. Who, who's uh, that one guy, if there is one, currently playing? Yeah, uh, so currently probably the guy that I would pay money to go see and, and, and get a Titans jersey would be uh, Jalen Smith, probably would be number one. I, I definitely would love to have seen – Quentin Nelson would have been just fantastic to watch uh, as crazy. You know, in that, that same draft, I liked McGlinchey. We didn't necessarily need him, but, I, you know, I was a big fan of Yeah, uh, I Mike mean, if you're going to watch uh, offensive line play, uh, Nelson is one of the nastiest guys you could watch. Um, but really, you know, anybody that would be an active guy and, and seen uh, a lot of playing time for the Titans that went to Notre Dame would, would be enough to get me to go to more games and possibly get a jersey, so... You know, I, I think eventually what will end up turning me is uh, my my four year old uh, who goes to Titans games now and goes crazy. I expect. Yeah, it's interesting thing about when you have children. He's a he's yeah. a Tennessean, so he yeah. he's gonna be a Titans fan. That's gonna be um, his team. So uh, hopefully his uh, Tennessee love stops with the Titans, and we can still be Notre Dame fans on Saturday. Uh, I think that's without question. <laughs> Looking at this class, Bobby, interesting to me. I think Notre Dame modern NFL, I think offensive line prospects, like we mentioned, you guys don't have a big time offensive line prospect coming out. Is it just a matter of timing? Is that in next year's class or is it because the last couple classes have been so impactful? Why do we not have a big time guard, center or, or tackle in this year's class? Yeah, so this year's class, uh, they, they didn't send anybody. So they're returning the offensive line pretty much intact. I, I would look for them to have a couple guys next year. Uh, that transition to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the pedigree's there. The offensive line play that they've had recently has been outstanding. They just don't have anybody that was uh, ready to make the jump. I think for next year, uh, you could look for a guy like Liam Eichenberg to kind of follow in that McGlinchey mold. They don't have a mauler like Nelson, but that's kind of a once-in-a-generation offensive lineman. But yeah, they'll have some guys. Uh, Liam Eichenberg is probably the best of uh, what they'll be putting out next year as far as O-line goes. Yeah, that's a good thing if you're a Notre Dame fan because that means those guys are all back on campus because you know Notre Dame is always going to have uh, offensive line prospects. It's just a matter of timing in the year. And when they're coming out, the track record speaks for itself, especially in recent history. Bobby, let's take the time to go back, walk it back to last year. We had some strong opinions on uh, how these guys would look in the NFL 
where they might go. Overall, a solid, if not spectacular, 2019 class. Let's run through these guys quickly and let's talk about how they did uh, in year one against our expectations and where they were drafted. The first Notre Dame player taken, wanted to see him in, in two-tone blue, Jerry Tillery. He wound up going yeah. 28th to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, talk a little bit about his uh, rookie season. Yeah, so his last couple games at Notre Dame, he was pretty dominant that his whole last year there, but uh, I know that he had some shoulder issues that kind of prevented him from working out at the Combine um, and doing some stuff there, and, and I think that was just kind of nagging at him throughout uh, his you know, rookie season. He played a lot. He played in 15 games, had two sacks, but I still think you know the best is yet to come for him, and he'll be a force on that line. Uh, he just needs to get healthy, um, like so many of these guys do, and, and just adapt. I mean, he's only 22, 23 years old, uh, playing against grown men. So, you know, maybe a little disappointing, only two sacks last year, but I, I think he'll get better as, as he progresses and gets stronger and bigger and, and gets fully recovered from that uh, shoulder. I think Chargers fans were disappointed, but I, I think they picked their best player available. Uh, they, they had a decent interior defensive line. Like you said, he, he was in on 354 snaps, so I'd say that's about a third of their snaps. He's got some growing to do. It's 6'6", 295 to fit their scheme. Do you think he needs to get bigger and stronger? Like you said, he's battled some injuries. I do think, and a lot of these guys, these interior defensive line guys, it takes them a while to acclimate just to the physicality of the game. But you see yeah. these guys can play well even into their 30s. Jury's still out on this guy. He did not look really great especially against the run uh, i just think this guy needs a little time just to get bigger and stronger yeah yeah i agree with you uh 100 on that he just he was an explosive dominant lineman at notre dame um and part of that reason was his frame and his size in comparison but he's definitely got the the body to add you know more bulk and more weight so like you said i think the jury's still out on him but i think he's a player that will be trending up uh, as long as he can stay healthy Miles Boykin was the next Notre Dame player drafted last year, the third round, 93rd overall. Miles Boykin, a lot of us watched the Ravens play last year because they were such an awesome team in the regular season. I remember watching their games and thinking, Bobby, they didn't get a lot of production. They didn't ask for a lot of production from their receivers. Uh, they got Hollywood Brown to go over the top some, but I mean, they had three tight ends that were catching passes pretty consistently. Miles Bulkin was the one guy in that receiver group that just really looked the part. If you see this guy, he looks like, I mean, it just physically in a jersey, off the bus, whatever you want to say, he looks like the part of a number one receiver. I think he's going to grow into that team. They're going to find a role for him. He doesn't just look the part. We talk about, and especially receivers, just the, the routes you have to run, learning the route tree and all that. We're we're going to see bigger things from him in Baltimore it, just because that team's going to – they're going to become more nuanced on offense, and, and I think so is he. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He, If you remember last year at the Combine, that's kind of where he uh, earned his draft status and, and, and everybody kind of realized, hey, this guy's going to be a player. He put up some crazy numbers for a guy his size. And just like you said, I think that they – spread the ball out quite a bit um, in Baltimore, and it wasn't you know a pass-heavy offense. But uh, I think as he transitions into the next year, he's just going to get that much better as far as running his routes go. And he's one of those guys that's going to win those 50-50 balls, and, and you'll get a lot of that, especially with the type of quarterback play that they have there. So 
I think he'll kind of take the next step and, and progress and, and be, you know, a go-to receiver there for them. 6'4", 220. When he was on the field, he graded out average. I mean, and that's something for a rookie receiver. They're going to, like you said, they're going to find a role for him because he just looks too good mm -hmm. in the uniform. Next guy, picked in the fourth round, 108th overall, Julian Love. He went to the New York Giants, defensive back. Julian Love was in on 408 snaps. They got good value for him, didn't they? He played pretty well. He was graded, pro football focus graded him above average across the board, overall run defense, coverage, pass rush. Uh, you saw this coming there, right? Yeah, I actually really loved him. Um, he was a big part of the reason why they were in that game against Clemson in the playoff uh, until halftime, until he went down. You know, the, the wheels kind of came off as far as the defensive backfield goes, and that game kind of got away from them. They were in that game, uh, and a large part of that was his play. I was drafted as a cornerback, but ended up playing safety and starting uh, for the Giants, uh, him and Jabril Peppers. Like you said, he actually graded out ahead of Peppers, uh, you know, at the end of the season. So uh, I think that that job is his uh, at free safety right now uh, to lose. And from everything that I've been reading about, he's going to take that next step and, and claim that job. Um, and he's going to be a real good player for them. You know, as a Notre Dame fan, that was kind of the guy that I was hoping would come back last year, you know, solidify the back end of the defense. But um, I'm glad to see that he's he's going to be a player in the NFL. So good for him. Oh, there's no question. Drew Tranquil went in fourth round as well, 130th overall. I think he's the most recognizable later round guy for Notre Dame, he played and played well as a, a pretty key linebacker, especially down the stretch for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is another guy that I, you know, you look at his measurables and you kind of see, probably think to yourself, well, this guy was a, a good to great college linebacker, but they're a dime a dozen, you know, as far as his size go, how, how does he translate to the NFL? Many people were saying he won't be, you know, much more than a special teams player. And if you kind of watch the Chargers, you notice that's where he started out carved out a little niche for himself to make the squad transition to more playing time. And then as things opened up for him, he kind of took over and got established into a role. And a lot of the things that the Chargers saw were things that, you know, Notre Dame fans kind of were accustomed to. High motor guy um, knows where he needs to be, always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And he's a warrior. I mean, this guy played injured. Some of the injuries that he had were things that you would see happen and see him walk off the field and think, well, there's no way he'll be back next week. And bam, he was just ready to go uh, out the gate. And I, I suspect that he brings that same kind of edge um, to the Chargers. And they're probably really happy to have uh, that kind of value that they got for him. So he's probably not a, a super high ceiling guy, but he's the guy that you're going to plug in there. And uh, as long as he stays healthy, they'll get you know a good, good five or six years out of him uh, if he continues to develop and, and, and get better. And, and that's kind of what I see for him, at least down the road. What he is is a guy they got at the end of the fourth round that's going to start for him for five years. He's played about half their defensive snaps, had 50 tackles. He graded out really well against the run. Not a big guy, and I think he has potential against coverage. Never going to be a guy that, especially in their scheme, that uh, he does a lot of pass rushing. He's just really a solid, legitimate NFL player to get where they got yeah. him. Um, and anybody that just watches football knows that he, he's going to be on the field. That's a position they don't have to allocate assets to in the future. He was impressive to me. Passes the eyeball test for me, for sure. The next guy in the sixth round, Dexter Williams, Packers. Uh, Packers had a really good season, and they had a really good season at running back. We didn't see this guy a lot. 
you know, when he was drafted and went to the Packers, I was kind of excited because I saw, you know, this is going to be a good little spot for him. He doesn't have to come in right away and, and, and fight for carries, and they'll kind of bring him along. But we didn't see much of him. Uh, I don't know if it was just the Aaron Jones combo that they had, kind of taking a lot of those carries. A little bit disappointed, I guess, in how much he saw the field, and when he did, he, he didn't really do too much. So it would be interesting to see if he can bounce back and, and they'll use him as a third back to kind of, you know, give Aaron Jones a, a breather because he had a pretty heavy workload last season. You and I, of course, two seasons ago, went to Virginia Tech and watched them play. In person, I was very impressed with them in that game. And and I know ESPN did a uh, feature on him last year. I, I think it's a matter of opportunity. I don't think this guy is, was going to be Chris Carson or anything, but uh, yeah. we knew he'd be a later round guy. I think with an opportunity, I think he'd be a, a little bit more of a of a name. And here's the thing about running back in the NFL and attrition, especially late seasons. He didn't get his opportunity this year, but I mean, it's coming and, and we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what this guy does and, and he's, when he know, gets a shot. Definitely got the speed. He's got the, the vision. We've saw that from him, you know, historically. So the, the main attributes you need to be successful, he's got them and, and he's obviously got it between the ears too. So like you said, it's just a opportunity awaits uh, and, and he needs a chance to, you know, go out there and prove himself, but he's still on the NFL roster. He still made the cut. So, you know, I don't think Green Bay's given up on him anytime soon. Yeah, that's the redemptive thing for him. Uh, and I think we're going to talk in a little bit about the, the difference between him and Tony Jones. And I think it is that speed. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For me. Uh, because uh, these guys, they can look good in college, but it's really going to be about that, that burst, right? So, yeah. and I do think we'll see him at some point get some be cast in some sort of role in the NFL because he he does have that ability. But Aaron Jones played really well last year. What can you do? Last guy to get drafted, Alizé Mack, tied in. Yeah. Not a guy real high on your list. Uh, win the seventh round with the Saints. I mean, a, a good slot for him. Obviously, he just on a really good team. We, we didn't see a lot of him. Do you see him making some sort of impact as, a, as an NFL player moving forward? Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. It's a lot of like what I said about him last year, right? Was, you know, he looks the part. He's, he's big. He's got some speed. He, he doesn't love to block. So that's one thing that was kind of a, a hit on him. And he doesn't always run the best routes and he doesn't always catch the football. So that, you know, tough spot to be in. I actually think the Saints dropped him. I think he's actually on the Kansas City roster last I looked. You know, that might be something that, that, that he works on this offseason, um, and comes in there and, and, and gets a shot to back up Kelsey, who, you know, we saw kind of a kink in his armor. He was banged up a little bit last year. You know, again, there's an opportunity there. He, he's just a player that still wasn't ready, I think, as some of those tight ends that have come out of Notre Dame in the last, you know, 12 to 15 years have been. He's probably on the lower end of that spectrum of, of plug-and-play quality. Right. The longer it goes on, he's going to have to show something because – I think we've learned that looking good in uniform, having the measurables will get you your shot, and he'll have to do it because there are guys from places even you and I've never heard of, guys we've even we've never heard of that are going to make it happen. We've seen that with Michael Pruitt in Nashville. Who the heck is that? I mean, middle of not this last season, but the season before, even we didn't know who he was, but I mean, he catches passes. He's where he's supposed to be. I think 2020 is going to be the year where Alizé is going to have to make that sort of contribution 
when he gets his chance. And because of just how tough it is to play tight in this league and the attrition, he'll get his shot on the field and we'll see what he does. But unlike a guy who was drafted in the second, third round, you're probably only going to get one shot. It's going to be really interesting to see. And, of course, we hope the best for him because he wore our jersey and our colors. So uh, yeah. it's going to be really interesting. Uh, if you if you had to have your shot, Kansas City would be an awesome place to be. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of uh, receptions and targets to go around there. So, you know, he's he's got to show up. Bobby, let's talk 2020 in this class. Notre Dame last year went 10-2. and two. Uh, You wouldn't know that maybe by the reaction of fans or maybe the national media. Really solid season. But I think, I think most of the top-end talent that made that happen for Notre Dame is still on their roster, right? So this is a, a good, solid class that guys that are going to play in the NFL maybe a number of years, but there's there's no home run hitter in this class. I think the jury's still out, have coming back uh, at a couple of these positions, uh, wide receiver being one of them. You know, they're counting on a, on a kid that, that basically was suspended all year to step in and be a starter for them. Chase Claypool, I mean, we'll start with the, the obvious one. I think there's two guys at the top of, of this class coming out for Notre Dame. Uh, Chase Claypool, I think, probably more than 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 commit the tight end has a chance to be a, a guy that plays in this league for a really long time and is super productive uh, a, a lot of comparisons to Boykin but if you look at the two bodies just stack them up side by side you would say Claypool's uh, already looks like an NFL receiver he's very megatronish as far as his measurables go and in pads just looks like he's going to rip some heads off so that they're going to have some tough shoes to fill as far as Claypool goes. They also lost another uh, receiver that they counted on, so they don't have much coming back in terms of receiver. He, uh, like you said, we, we talked about this earlier with the offensive line. The, the entire line returns, so that's going to be the strength. Defensive line, uh, they lose a couple guys in this um, draft. You know, Believe it or not, Notre Dame has been recruiting at a very high level on the defensive line, so they're just going to reload with guys there, and I think they'll probably end up being better for it this year. So those are the two spots that they need to you know, address uh, internally, kind of who they lost to the draft this year. But um, I think it all starts with Claypool, is if you're going to grade what Notre Dame's putting out there this year. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, let's start with Claypool, because if we're talking draft, we're not necessarily talking production, although he had excellent production last year. You're talking ceiling. You're talking comparisons. Uh, and I know we are, We all watch these games. Uh, I, we text in a, in a big group uh, of the guys we go to Irish games with when we can. And, and I said, I'm looking forward to Claypool in the NFL. He's a really good tight end. I kind of let that slip in my mind. He's yeah. going to be an ex-tight end. I think it, a comp for his ceiling, I think a comp for Claypool is Darren Waller the guy who had a really good breakout season for the Raiders. I think uh, the right NFL team is going to use him like an Evan Ingram type or a Darren Waller. The guy is super physical, but super athletic, tall, long. If a conservative NFL team, like let's say the Titans, they use Corey Davis, they just try to stretch him out. I don't know that Claypool, as good of a time as he ran as that guy, uh, he's for the modern NFL. He's for, hopefully, Bobby, isn't he? He's for a really forward-thinking Shanahan or Belichick type that is going to put this guy in in a situation where we may not have seen too many players like this, but my best comp for him is like a Waller. What do you think? If they're going to get creative with him and, and play him kind of in a flex tight end type role, put him out wide at receiver, he'll be 
a, a Brashad Perryman type of receiver. And, you know, goes up, gets the ball, has pretty good speed, doesn't separate that well, but runs crisp routes, um, and his body kind of uses his body to, to, to get separation. You know, he had 13 touchdown grabs last year. A lot of those were just create the separation on your own type of throws. Uh, so put him, it made me put him think of like, a, like an Ingram or – or a yeah. Waller, because when they needed a touchdown, they needed a third-down conversion, you knew where they were going. This is a guy who had 13 touchdowns, like you said, and then turns around, and he's like kind of the the big catch radius guy, and then goes to Indy and runs a 4-4-2. Uh, yeah. Right. So Obvious. I was on board If this board guy with gets you. in the right program and has his head on straight, and we all think that he will, he's yeah. not yet 22 years old. This guy could be hell on wheels, as my old man would say. Hell on wheels. You know, I was on board with you with the tight end kind of prediction for him, possibly, and then he went and ran that four four two, and I was like, he might have something as a wide receiver. You know, and then I kind of thought about him a little bit more and and his progression at at Notre Dame. He came to Notre Dame from Canada, um, so his exposure to you know high level even high school football wasn't what it normally would be for somebody that goes to the NFL. You know, Notre Dame scouted this kid, found this kid got him out to South Bend. And, and honestly, for the first couple of years, he made a niche for himself on special teams. Uh, if you watch special teams this year, guess who was down there almost every time on a punt or a kickoff? It was the gas to get down there. He makes big hits. Some of the highlights that I've seen of him just run blocking are, are insane. I mean, this guy has a high motor, does the dirty work. He's going to find a spot and he'll do a lot of damage on a football field. Doesn't necessarily mean he's got to catch the football at the same kind of level as somebody like Calvin Johnson, but he's he's a good football player, and I feel like he's just scratching the surface at Notre Dame. And again, it's a guy that after four years in the system, you really look back and you're like, man, I wish that freshman year they didn't just play him on special teams. He had 19 tackles on, on punt coverage alone as, as a freshman. So you know, imagine him coming back uh, with the quarterback play that they have but I feel like if he gets into the right system, a place like New England that just loves these kinds of players, it's like you said, hell on wheels. And, and I love this kid. And if the Titans got him, I'd, I'd go buy the jersey the very next day. The thing about Claypool, and you mentioned this about his uh, willingness on special teams, this year, obviously, these teams, they really do rely, and it really does matter, these pro days, the extended interviews, flying these guys in and, and having dinner with them. None of that this year, Bobby. What they are going to rely on is tape, and they're going to call the coaches and members of staff that will actually tell them the truth. And if anything, Coach Kelly is a guy that is going to shoot them straight. We've seen him in the media. You know, be honest about players that he's had, right, and their limitations. That's going to go a long way. This is, this is a quote. Kelly, who some of these guys, like I said, they'll blow smoke wherever and do whatever they have to do. Kelly said about Claypool, I haven't had a player that has this kind of consistent competitive drive week in and week out, and that's how he practices it well. Here's the thing. That matters in a year like this year when they have limited data. So you're going to see what he ran in Indy. You're going to see how competitive he was. You're going to see who they trusted when they had to have third or fourth down conversion or they try to put it in the end zone. I would rate this guy based on my film study in the 30s. I think he'd go in the 30s. I wouldn't be surprised if that quote, that sort of vetting puts him in the late first round. But ultimately, where would you guess this guy goes uh, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, so uh, again, I just I love a place like New England for this guy. Late first, possibly. Yeah, so they're picking at 23. 
Yeah, I mean, I could see them maybe even moving back like they always do to pick up some picks and then snatch him. I think late first is is definitely a potential for him. Early second, I don't see how he gets past some of the teams picking in early in the second round. So No, he would go in the 30s, there's no question. He's just uh, uh, the, I, I the mean, type I'd of athlete shocked. that you don't get yeah. too much of yeah. ability to draft a guy like this. And, and you get down to the end of the first, early second, you know, teams are more likely to, to to roll the dice on a guy like this. I mean, the guy's weaknesses as a route runner, but with his approach to the game, he just needs to learn more about the routes. What he did and how they used him in Notre Dame, it wasn't really about all the different stuff he needed to do. Um, it was pretty obvious what he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, you don't see him in a lot of mocks in the first round, but if he goes off at 23, it's not going to surprise us. The guy has an 80-inch wingspan. The guy is 6'4 and ran a 4'4'2". Yeah. If you can't take a chance on a guy like that, th- whose coach, who I think calls him like he sees him, says, no, this guy approaches practice as well as I've seen anybody. Bill Belichick's going to like it, man. I think he's going to be on that short list at 23. Kelly's not going to pull punches on these guys, especially once they're out of his program. He sees a guy. Well, think that, about that stuff he said about Kaiser a few years ago. That didn't right. help Kaiser. But no, Ron Kelly, him, I think, but... when he has a guy like this, he wants to know that it's not to coach speak when he says, this is a guy I would – Right. That's yeah. that's the thing about saying something negative. You can say what you want to. Maybe that what didn't help Kaiser. Maybe that wasn't the right thing. But at least you know when he does back a guy, you know it's it's uh, gospel truth. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a player. I'm uh, I'm excited for him uh, to see see how he turns out and where he ends up. I think he's definitely one of those guys that 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 could be a difference maker uh, in the right system, like you said. Bobby, next guy we're going to talk about Cole Komet, tight end, six six two sixty two. Coming out as a junior, kind of generally considered to be the top tight end draft, but we will see. I don't see any tight end going in the first round. Komet's going to go because there are teams that legitimately need a tight end. I know we're big fantasy football guys. Uh, used to be you could find the 10th to the 15th best tight end, sort of stream a guy. That's not the case. There are seven or eight good tight ends uh, in this league as far as offensive weapons. Because of that, you saw Atlanta trade a second-round pick for a backup tight end. So that says that they obviously didn't have faith in this tight end class. Let's talk about Komet. What's his potential? Where do you see him going? Komet was another guy. Uh, had had a big season. You know, About midway through the year, Notre Dame always does this. This is actually before the bowl game. Um, so they kind of do a season wrap-up and have this Echoes uh, weekend where they do team awards and, and whatnot. They flat-out ask Komet, do, do you think you're coming back next year? And he said, absolutely, why wouldn't I come back? You know, I, I love this experience. I love Notre Dame. This is the place for me, and I'm not in a rush to, to go pro. Uh, I want to come back and play another season here. I feel like I have things to do. And then he goes out, uh, plays Iowa State, has a really good game in the bowl game, ends up deciding, hey, maybe I should strike while the iron's hot. You know, this tight end class that's coming out. I think it was me, about the tight end class. I think it was all about. Yeah, he absolutely Somebody convinced did. him that he'd be the top guy off the board, and it's hard to turn down. Yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, we go back to Brian Kelly on this. I watched, uh, last night I watched the, uh, the Jordan special on that last season, and, you know, Dean Smith telling Jordan, hey, man, I think the best decision for you is to go pro. And I think Brian Kelly's that, that kind of coach that, you know, will sit down with the player uh, if he feels like he has nothing to gain by coming back, he's already got his degree in hand. He, he's done what he's supposed to do on the academic side of things. Brian Kelly probably is the one that got in his ear and said, if you want to go pro, I think it's a good time for you to do that. Uh, another 
Notre Dame tight end to add to that kind of lineage that they've had. Uh, but he was a guy at the beginning of the season for Notre Dame that I thought would go over that six touchdown mark that seems to be the what the, is that ceiling that we have? Yeah, here? that's the Notre Dame ceiling where you know it doesn't seem like anybody at tight end position is going to get more than six touchdowns ever. I, I thought he would get there, and then he got a little banged up, missed a couple games, came back in that Georgia game, and and really showed what kind of you know tight end he could be, and, and that was kind of his coming out party. I felt like. I think that he's going to eventually develop into a really good tight end. Probably going to be the first one off the board, like you said, just because it's kind of a weak weak position. He has prototypical tight end size, 6'5", 262. He is barely 21 years old. He ran a 4'7", good enough. Uh, he has room to grow as a blocker, but no one thinks he's just not going to be able to figure it out just because of his frame. He has legitimately elite character you mentioned the lineage of notre dame tight ends if you if you had to people love these but they're hard to do if you had a comp them of a former notre dame tight end i would say eifert just with all those things we mentioned eifert i think would be a big time tight end in this league if not for injury injury for people at home that didn't watch notre dame games who do you sort of comp him to in the nfl or from notre dame's past eifert's a pretty good Comparison and similar size, similar catch radius. That's one of the big things that Eifert had, especially at Notre Dame. He kind of came out of nowhere. People were like, "Wow, we just got another tight end that we." Yeah, have he wasn't had. even the top tight end in his class. Right. But yeah, I would say he's he's in that mold of an Eifert, not as physical as Rudolph, but can run like Rudolph did early on in his career. And if he again stays healthy, he can be in the league um, and have a similar uh, trajectory as Rudolph had. As far as you know, his his downfield, he's he's pretty quick for a tight end, and he catches everything. He did not drop the football, you know, when when he was targeted. Uh, I just think he's probably going to be very solid at tight end. Comparisons, I think, for Notre Dame are are definitely in that Eifert range. A lot of people like him as you know a Dallas Clark type of tight end, where he can come out of the backfield even the way that the Colts used to do with 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 Clark. Next guy for me is. Um... Julian O'Quara, um, Ed Rusher. I think for Titans fans, if this is going to be the year where we where we find one of these guys on our roster, I could see this guy going second, third round. You may have a different opinion. That may line up with where we're looking for an Ed Rusher, a productive player for Notre Dame. What, what do you think about Aquara? Where, where do you think we'll see him as far as what round, what, what area of picks? Uh, what do you think his ceiling is? Yeah, so I have him down um, in my notes here as uh, third round tops. Um, so I, I don't think he goes past the third round. I could see him going in the second. He probably had a better junior year than he did his senior year. Again, he got a little bit nicked up. But going into his senior year, he kind of set the bar super high and said that he was going to have you know 16 sacks. He didn't live up to that as far as um, the actual sack total. But if you look at his pass roster ability, um, he was always in the mix. And, and split second here, split second there, he would have got to his 16 sacks. But he's always in the mix. Uh, needs to probably work on his uh, run support. But, I mean, this guy has a great motor. His brother plays for the Lions, um, if right. that's any indication. His brother's an undrafted guy who made his yeah. way on to a team. He has, they share a similar motor, which is to say always on high. Which you, yeah, guys always like on us high. Brother's probably physically um, a little bit more gifted than, than Julian. 
sorry, not Julian, but uh, Romeo is the, the, the brother in Detroit. Um, so Julian's probably the better of the two athletes, I would say. Oh, there's no um, question. He's a pure athlete. That's how quiet ceiling is. Yeah. It makes him such an interesting player at his size and, and how, how well he moves. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to probably also be another guy that, that you know, if healthy, can, can make some things happen. Um, probably my favorite pass rusher that they've had in this last little run, you know, in, in the Kelly era. I would put him up there, game-changing ability to what Tuit did when Tuit was at Notre Dame. Wow, that's a good comp there. I think more like a Chris Clemens type. This guy could be, a, if he's your second best pass rusher, you could be a really good team. And so I think just because of the need, every team is looking for a good secondary pass rusher. They get in the second or third round. I would be shocked if he if he isn't gone by the middle of round three because he is a good athlete. He's well thought of. You know, he was on the field a lot for Notre Dame. That's not an easy place to get on the field for Notre Dame on the offensive or defensive line. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Just because of his athleticism, I think his best football could for sure be in front of him. Yeah, I mean, he's another, you know, Claypool, same situation with Claypool. This kid came over uh, from Nigeria, you know, where football is not probably a thought in, in many kids' minds. And then he comes in here and just because he's a supreme athlete, gets on the field and becomes a, a high school blue chip, basically, makes his way to Notre Dame and just really takes off. Uh, I, I think, again, he's one of those guys that just kind of was scratching the surface. And you wonder, I, I guess the evolution of Notre Dame's lot, roster, a lot of these guys, you say, well, I wonder why they burned a red shirt on him to get him in on special teams uh, as well, a freshman. Well, here's why. Well, they really need him because he was 215 pounds when he came yep. to That's a philosophy, whereas normally, like in the SEC for sure, this guy would not have been anywhere near the field. He had four tackles in 2016. This guy could be coming back. Yep. He's just now 22, barely. It makes you think, what if? But that that is a organizational philosophy, Brian Kelly – Obviously, he gets these guys on the field, and, and I think it may it be, is. be beneficial and to the players, but certainly not the team. Again, because, another thing with this guy, he's graduated. He's got his degree. So, I Oh, mean, there's no question. You can't, you can't fault him. You've not been on that campus and gone places. That's the first thing you talk about. What are you majoring in when you're graduating? It does matter. It's a school that does put its money where its mouth is. Uh, he has a bachelor's degree as of December 2019. Played in the Senior Bowl, couldn't participate due to injury. Do you expect this guy, whenever we get to have training camp, do you expect this guy to be healthy and ready to go? Yeah, I think uh, everything that I've been reading about him, he'll he'll be ready to go. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a nagging issue with him. As far as the training staff at Notre Dame, that's another kind of focus that that, that I've been really impressed with since Notre Dame had that awful season a few years back. Uh, Kelly kind of cleaned house and brought in some guys that, that have really made a difference as far as uh, training these guys. And I think if you look at the last you know two combines, Notre Dame players have really kind of been the ones that you look at and have put up some pretty eye-popping numbers for, uh, again, a school that, that – doesn't necessarily get to pick in the same aisle as a lot of these other schools do. They have just really prepared these kids. Um, so I think he'll be good to go, and, and he'll be in great shape. That's a good point. That's not a coincidence, and I credit their coaching staff really caring about these players. You see some high schools and colleges. The evidence is they care about these kids the moment they have eligibility for them to the point that they don't. And you see a program like Notre Dame, and I'll give credit to Penn State. They do the same thing because those sometimes those guys is they get big time recruits, but they don't get Alabama's consistently and Georgia's and Ohio State's. They get guys like that, but maybe not down the line. These guys, every one of them, are consistently ready to run the forty, ready to do the broad jump, 
ready to bench. And we were talking about Okara. This guy has 34 and a half inch arms and put it up 27 times. That's unbelievable. Someone yeah. was giving him the science and the preparation to be ready to do that. And this guy was battling a leg injury and did that. So it shows that his last game for the Irish was not the last time that the strength staff and the coaching staff put a lot of resources in him. And, and it can only mean know, one thing, right? I mean, that's true. And I, and I give credit to Notre Dame, Penn State, because you expect that yeah. at Alabama and Georgia, but uh, right. you know, kudos to them. They care. They, there's a lot of proof and you know, I've seen it on campus and off. I know we're, we're company men, but you, you see a lot of where these kids are. are yeah. Are I mean, and that's uh, you know, to them. No something question. that Notre Dame can, can kind of, uh, you know, keeping its tool belt when it's trying to recruit these guys that, that typically might take the easier route of, hey, I'm just going to go to this school because I know it's all about football. But then you get a guy like this oh. and, and, and put in the, you know, time and effort. You know, that's something that you can show these players. And, you know, players are getting smarter and smarter with everything that they have access to. So uh, you if you can show they them, they're making you know, more these intangibles, yeah. it it's definitely helps a program like Notre Dame recruit. And that's why, uh, going back to something I said earlier, you know, they're losing a couple of, of really nice players on that defensive line. They've been able to recruit at a high level because of a lot of these intangibles that we talked about to where next year there shouldn't be, you know, very much of a drop-off, if any, on the defensive line because of the players that are waiting in the wings. That's the hardest spot for – because Notre Dame has the pedigree at offensive line. Defensive line, there are only so many guys with that athleticism and that size, and most of them are born in the southeastern United States – it is tough for a Notre Dame to do that. It takes a lot, and they have to pull like we saw our guy last year from Louisiana. They have to be purposeful with that. They have to develop those guys, and they have to be able to get in a room with those guys and sell them going 800 miles away from home, and they have done that, and it's because – and they're willing to go there and wait because all the things that you mentioned and the body of work of the guys that have come before. There were so many years you know, where Notre Dame kind of got away from what they were I think we take for granted Brian Kelly just because he doesn't make it look easy, but this is a tough job. This is a tough sale. Yeah, the product is great, but uh, and kids and, and their families are, I think, more educated on just the benefits of this education and what they can do. Even then, it's still there's a lot of good places to go. I think the proof in the pudding, Bobby, is we go 10-2. and two. It's an afterthought, right? That bowl game is a bit of an afterthought. But, wow, yeah, absolutely. To compete. Um, with the resources that every school is putting into it now, super impressive. And, and yeah, we're, we're going to have another productive defensive line. How many schools outside of the Southeast really just kind of reload? It's Ohio State and it's Notre Dame. From a defensive line standpoint, that's kind of it outside of the, the Southeast United States, in my opinion, maybe in California. Yeah, I agree. And this is another guy, I mean, he's got a hot motor, he's got a quick twitch. That's what we need. Uh, NFL GMs are all over pass rushers, and this guy fits the mold of that kind of stand-up 3-4 type of uh, outside pass rusher. So he'll he'll get picked, and I think he'll, he won't last into the third round. So The next guy for me from Notre Dame is Troy Pride Jr. Do you agree? I, I think his, his combine time running a 4-4 with 32 starts for Notre Dame, it's going to make him kind of our next guy. We'll see him third, most likely fourth. That's that's exactly where I have him slotted as fourth round. Bobby, what's his role in the NFL? Yeah, so his role in the NFL, I think he's going to be a solid matchup cornerback. So he was uh, obviously had to be the starter at Notre Dame. Go back to what I said about Julian Love, hoping that he was going to come back. 
And that's because Pride, basically on the other side of the field, would have been a nice compliment to Julian Love. Pride had to be kind of the guy. He got put in some situations where his speed made up for a lot of his mistakes. But he played really good man coverage for Notre Dame, and a lot of that could be attributed to his speed. I think in the NFL, you'll see him as more of a maybe not every down type of cornerback, but he's going to be a guy that can come in, play some man coverage because of that speed that he has. A guy is disappointed that that he was going to run a 4-2 at the combine and ended up running a 4-4. He was always going to do that, though. Yeah, he was always going to do that. You watch him at Notre Dame, you knew he was going to be made for anything. And and he was a track star at Notre Dame, too. So the the speed level was there. That's what I mean, Um, yeah. I think he was disappointed in the 4-4. He plays faster than that 4-4 time, too. Um, and, and like I said, we've seen him live. Again, my biggest issue with him was just ball skills. Um, you know, a lot of the times he was in a position to make an interception or, or make a play on the ball, and he just didn't come through. But we go back to what are the traits that, that, that NFL scouts look for. It's speed, awareness, um, quick hips, and he's got all of that. He just needs to put it together. I think he's going to find a little spot uh, on a roster. And again, today's NFL, you can never have enough cornerbacks because they're going to be throwing out, you know, all these crazy wide receiver sets. So I think he gets drafted and ends up having pretty good success in the NFL as as a uh, everyday uh, cornerback. But but mostly, I'm going to see him as a, a man coverage guy. Everybody, let's say, just pick the NFC South. We've got Tom Brady going in there. They're, they're all going to look for an extra corner. They're just going to have to, especially as the season goes on, just as much as we're throwing at you. You're exactly right. This is going to be about fit. Uh, not all teams are going to really have him really high on the board, but um, like a zone team wouldn't because this guy doesn't have terrific instincts. It can be, like you said, even frustrating. Playing man, I could see him being a good slot man guy. He's tough. He's good. And people don't beat him over the top. But he doesn't have the instincts to kind of pursue the ball. He can be maddening a little bit of time because he does not have a lot of instincts to play back to the quarterback and do all that. But his man coverage is going to get him drafted third, early fourth round, just because guys like this don't grow on. He's not huge, but he's 5'11", 193. He's big enough. Going to be interesting. This guy is one of those guys that we're going to, oh, yeah, Tony Pratt. But this guy's got five, six years easy in the NFL just because of his, his skills. But... Like a lot of these guys we've been talking about, what if the coaching clicks? What if um, he really figures it out and it kind of clicks with him? We're going to see him be like a Ronald Darby type player. Yeah, um, I could see Darby for sure. Yeah, as, it, as that, his that's ceiling. his ceiling, and that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Darby was because, uh, one of those guys that I absolutely hated uh, when he was at Florida State, but he made plays because he was just supremely athletic. And he gets to the NFL and. 10 years later, you still see him out there, and you're like, gosh, I remember when I hated that yeah. guy at Florida State. Yeah, he, Big thing for Darby, he got some really good coaching in Buffalo. And yeah, uh, Troy Pratt could be a guy that doesn't figure it out, and he could absolutely be a guy. Cause this guy and he quit running star, around with Jameis. That was another big thing for Darby. So. Yeah, that's right. He was, <laughs> that was good for his career. This guy's a track guy, and sometimes track guys do become football players. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Nice guy for both of us, Bobby Khalid Kareem, the other guy on the defensive line. 6'3", 268, Detroit, Michigan home. This guy has 26 starts for the Irish. was a captain last year. Yeah, so uh, again, uh, you know, size-wise, this is another pass rusher that we're, we're losing in the defensive line. But, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit last year with just the leadership that Notre Dame has. I mean, this guy was a captain. 
if you watch Notre Dame games, um, usually you always saw him after making a big play, you always saw him kind of limp off the field and say, oh gosh, he's not coming back. I mean, how many times is this going to happen? And it always seemed to be like an ankle or somebody rolled up on him. And then two or three plays later, he's back out there rushing the passer, always in the face of the quarterback. So a lot like Drew Tranquil, this guy just bounced back. Um, you, you always wondered if this was the last time he was going to get up and he would just kind of bag it in, especially in his senior season when that would happen. Uh, he didn't really have, you know, much to play for. You know, Notre Dame was ten and two, and they weren't headed to playoff, so it could have been easily a situation where he saved himself for the combine, uh, get healthy, and, and be ready to rock in the NFL. But total opposite of this guy. He he wanted to be out there and play with his teammates. Um, just a big heart guy. Definitely doesn't have the same quick twitch that Aquara has. But he was another guy that was always in the quarterback's face. He definitely. Uh, is going to be a contributor in the NFL, probably find a spot uh, in a 4-3 defense, hand on the ground. He could play inside, outside. He does have some power, uh, much like Tillery did. It's definitely not the same size as Tillery, but he can move bodies. And he had a, a really nice bull rush, uh, which was kind of the opposite of what Aquara had. Aquara killed you with speed. This guy just kind of ran you over to get to the quarterback. So I think if he works on a few of those things, he can definitely be a longtime NFL player. Um, I see him as, as going in the fourth uh, round, maybe early fifth round. But uh, whoever gets him is going to get a solid uh, player and a solid character guy. I think his tape is fifth rounder. I think this guy's measurables are literally perfect for the position. He's 6'3", almost 6'4", 268, but he could he could get the 275 and be a 3'4 in. Like you mentioned, he'd kind of be ideal for the 4'3". But his floor is very high for a guy that's going to go likely on day three. He's an NFL star. He's an NFL starter. I mean, he really can be. He could really surprise people how high that he goes for that reason. This guy has almost 11-inch hands, almost 35-inch arms, an 84-inch wingspan. You just look statistically what that means, and the guys that do make it and are steady on the defensive line, they have those measurables. And this guy made 26 starts for the Irish. Yeah, 13 sacks, but uh, I don't think he's going to put up a lot of sets, and he's just going to be steady. No, I mean, um, he's the kind but, of guy that, that in the NFL is going to set the edge um, right. and, and let the linebackers come and make plays behind him. He's, he's got right. the power to stay in there and, and take on those blockers. And, I mean, that's kind of what they ask for from some of these guys that aren't you know, physically right. talented and, and have that next gear to get to the quarterback on their own. So right. if he does that, he'll he'll definitely carve out a spot for himself and, right. and have a long tenure. You don't want to draft that guy in the second round, but you pray to draft that guy in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, because, this is the kind of guy that fills a roster, right? I mean, if you're looking oh, there's, to, to well, take the next that, step in the playoffs, this is what you need. Think about Malik Jackson. I think he went in the fourth or fifth round for the Broncos and in the Broncos' Super Bowl winning year. Uh, four, five seasons ago. It wasn't just Von Miller. It was guys like Malik Jackson. Unless you have Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes, you've got not one pass rusher. You've got pass rushers coming from everywhere. Think about the Eagles' Super Bowl winning team. Uh, think about the Broncos. And Khalid Kareem is that guy that a team like the Titans say, we've got this guy, and when we need him, he's just going to be constantly in pursuit the entire game. He's got the physicality to when we absolutely need him tip that ball get the rusher and that's what you're looking for with kareem and that's why he's yeah he might go surprise you and go at the end of the third 
go early in the fourth and play seven or eight years in the NFL because he's certainly got the body and the skills to do it and certainly has the motor and uh, leadership. Uh, you don't become a team captain just by waiting your turn uh, in South Bend. We all know that. So yep. he's that kind of guy. Definitely. Uh, he could have a nice NFL career if he stays healthy, if those uh, nagging injuries that he had at Notre Dame just – if he takes care of that, he's, he's going to find a role and he'll be a nice fit for whoever drafts him. Yeah, he was not a full participant because of the shoulder. And hopefully he can get all that cleared up because I'd love to see this guy playing a long time and be like, oh, yeah, this guy. Yep. Got him in the fourth. Good player. Awesome. I want to see him have a Malik Jackson sort of ascension. He's not quite the athlete Malik Jackson is, but uh, he, he's definitely going to gonna start there. All right, Bobby, the next guy we're talking about, Aloe Gilman, I was really intrigued with. He, of course, spent his first two seasons with Navy as a really good player. This guy's a defensive back, 5'10 and a half, 201 pounds. I know we both really enjoyed watching him play. Came out after his retro junior season. This is a guy picked Navy, played well, came and played for us. Tell me about what you thought, what you saw from him. You're going to tell me that you, I bet that you, you liked him better as a junior, right? Yeah, I mean, I liked him better as a junior, but uh, while we're on the topic of him, I mean, I just don't understand the NCAA sometimes and how they come to these decisions. And I mean, this kid, basically a diamond in a rough from Hawaii, gets picked up, you know, probably the only offer that he had was to go to Navy as far as, you know, decently big time college football, uh, plays a year there, decides he wants to transfer out. NCAA makes this guy sit out and then they just go around and a lot of other guys just they don't have to sit out for whatever reason. Uh, I never understood that. I didn't. I don't think he ever got a clear answer on why he had to sit out. One of those things that's always irked me about him. Right. Um, well, regardless, the lack of consistency with that is just infuriating. Yeah, just a, a crazy rule. But uh, I, I say all that to just say that he was a great uh, part of that that defense, uh, especially in, in his junior year. Uh, I think he played a little bit hurt last year. Uh, but he's just one of those, you know, Samoan kids that play hard. They don't know how to tackle soft. And not necessarily that's a good thing, but, you know, the, the violent way in which he comes at a player is sometimes going to hurt, you know, the guy that delivers the blow also. Um, so he's definitely a big hitter. I did like him better as a junior. I felt like he made a few more plays as a junior um, that were game change type plays. And, and this year, I felt like he tried to have the same type of year and probably over pursued and trying to strip the ball a lot more than just finish the play and, and, and do the most that he could. So uh, probably tried a little bit too much this year, but uh, they're going to miss him. He was a captain um, and another guy that, that almost came back for his senior season. But I think a combination of just the way that he plays and the physical nature of his game was probably right. writing on the wall for him. And that transfer year, to take your I game mean, to the he's pro. 22 and a half. I yeah. think that transfer year, uh, yeah, that, that transfer year, you know, may have hurt him uh, from that aspect too. But um, well, I think it led to his decision to come out. Yeah, absolutely. But he's, you know, again, a fearless uh, Samoan defensive back. These guys just seem to grow on trees in Hawaii. Great against the run. Uh, good ball awareness. He's a playmaker, like I said. Just a super tough kid. Uh, I loved watching him play, and he's going to be missed in Me South too. Bend. Gilman is not fluid, per, you know, comparatively. Yeah, he doesn't have the perfect measurables, or he probably would have started at Notre Dame. But he is tough, and he has a really high football IQ. I see him going in the sixth round, and this guy's got special teams, NFL special teams written all over him, right? Bobby, let's talk Tony Jones Jr. Of course, uh, our, our running back last year, 5'11", 224. 
He obviously doesn't possess the speed that, that we've seen from Notre Dame running backs in the past, but mentioned that Jones was not invited to the NFL Combine, which we talked off air how dumb we think that is. <laughs> is this guy this guy going to get his chance uh, on an NFL roster? I mean, I hope so. Some of the things that, that, that he has are, you know, intangibles. So he's a, a pretty decent receiving running back. He improved dramatically in that sense. He played behind uh, Dexter Williams a lot last year. They had another running back there, Jafar Armstrong, that kind of went down in the Louisville game. So the first game of the year last year. And that kind of really paved the way for Tony Jones to come out there and be the guy. For a college running back, I felt like he, you know, maximized his potential on what he could do. Had a couple of really big games, played very well against USC. Even in his junior year, he played really well against USC, had some nice catches um, that kind of sealed the game for them. So he was always one of those guys that when he broke out into the open field, he kind of looked slow. But at the same time, nobody was running him down. I was kind of surprised to see how actually slow he was um you know yeah four seven yeah i mean i yeah don't want to toot my own horn but i ran a four five four electronically timed and i was moving so um yeah that's that's just amazing that that, that this guy played at notre dame and I, i was probably faster than him but if you look at him in pads and some of the shots of him highlights and things like that yeah i mean he looks like a bruiser so i'd like to see him play in the nfl i just don't know where exactly he would fit in or or what he might look like uh, on an nfl roster but again he plays a position that guys get hurt all the time so you know he might be one of those guys that ends up at the practice squad and gets called up and, and comes in and has a jonas gray type of outburst for a week and then you never hear from him again but well, he probably, at least has probably should have came back, but, yeah. but the cupboard is kind of full at running back in South Bend. So, but he does have, like we said, some intangibles. He's a good blocker. He's a good. Uh, he well, was kind he, of their. You could see guy. where he could be a good pass catcher. Yeah, you could see where, was, although he didn't do it a lot, you could be good. This guy had yeah. six yards of carry last year. This guy had big time catches in 2018, and you just see where he has that ability. Vision isn't great. Obviously, speed is an issue, but see, that's amazing to me. Six yards of carry for a guy that. Oh, absolutely. Is, you know, in, in a lot of people's eyes, slow. I mean, I just don't get yeah. it. I mean, I just, I would be shocked if he makes an NFL roster, if he contributes. Well, that time it's going to keep more shocked. drafted. But like you said, he's yeah. going to have to, he and his agent are going to have to pick the right spot, hope for some injury. Well, you don't hope for injuries, but you're going to hope for a little luck there. But you do see the skills on film there to yeah. be like a third NFL running back, especially since you could see him you know, catching passes and doing all that. But he's going to have to make a team, and I don't see his name being called this weekend. Yeah. But I do awesome. like him as a person, as a player, and he's do somebody not, to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, I always wish the best for these kids. So hopefully he finds a niche and, and finds a team that he can latch on to. All right, Bobby, for me, uh, the last guy I think we'll see drafted for the Irish this weekend, Jalen Elliott, safety, six feet tall, 205 pounds, 39 starts for the Irish, uh, captain last year. What did you think about Elliott early in his career? Did you see him being a 40-game starter and eventual captain? Uh, he sort of grew into the role, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I remember when he committed to Notre Dame, and I kind of felt like, you know, stretched for this kid. They probably took his commitment a little bit early. He's from and Virginia, I, uh, and he was a three-star, which is Virginia. you don't see every day for, for, the, for the Irish. Yeah, um, and, and so um, you're exactly right. And he didn't have a true kind of obvious position or skill set coming out. So 
think I remember that too, where it was like, well, okay. And he obviously wound up uh, being uh, every bit worth the spot, but you're right. He was, yeah, uh, I was he wrong was on that It's not a no-brainer so. coming out, yeah. He wasn't, and like I said, I thought he was kind of more of a filler uh, for the class. They needed defensive backs. That was one thing that they were um, struggling to recruit, and, and he came aboard, and I did not see the type of career that he ended up having you know, in, in his you know, future at Notre Dame, but another guy that flourished into a captain's role, same thing. So him and Gilman together, uh, I think, gave Notre Dame the best pairing that they've had at some time at the safety position. And not always the best guy in coverage, but man, he could whack you. He was always near the football, and he always seemed to be a, a guy that, you know, when they needed a big play, it just, he was there. He was the guy that uh, was coming through, and especially this last year when, when Gilman struggled a little bit, Elliot was kind of the guy. I think great possibility that he gets drafted um, and, and he'll be a special teams guy and, and look for some flexibility if people go down. His man coverage skills weren't the best. He wasn't the fastest guy, but he's always aware of where the football is. And I think that was something that he really improved on at his time in Notre Dame. Just, you know, some of the coaches there that, that he worked with uh, had a huge impact in that. And I think he can definitely translate his game to the NFL if for anything else uh, on special teams. This guy picked off some passes, which you just don't see a lot in college football with the, the spread now. You just don't see a lot of interceptions. He's kind of interesting when you think about him and his future as an NFL player because he's ideal size. You know, he has an ideal size and length. He does not have the speed. He ran a 4-8 in Indianapolis, which could keep him from getting drafted. But when you look at the tape and the body of work and you look at his length, it's there. But he's got he's got some things to prove, mainly – is he fast enough to play safety in the in the NFL? If yeah. so, he could be a, a Jalen Mills type. And obviously, when your number one kind of skill is intangibles, uh, you're going to have to have a physical attribute. Maybe it's his length that he's going to have to prove this summer, so so he can stick on on a roster. I think. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a long athlete. Um, definitely doesn't have the speed, but he's got good instincts and he's a great tackler. And, and then the intangibles, right? So I think that makes him worse, a special teams player at best. He could be somebody that comes in and fills in in a you know, nickel-type package. Yeah, he'll, he'll have some work to do, but I could see somebody rolling the dice on him. Yeah, that's the re- redemptive thing about a safety is, well, hey, you know, can you be a gunner? Can you, can you play special teams? And then you stick around, and then you figure the rest of it out. Well, that's it. If you uh, haven't been satiated by Notre Dame talk in the last hour plus, we've been in heaven. Bobby, thanks for coming on with me. You're covered, guys. You can sound really smart in front of your friends this weekend when you're talking about you know the six-rounder off the board for Notre Dame. So you're welcome, guys. Really yeah. excited. We're getting close. Bobby, thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely. I hope the Titans pull the trigger on one of these guys. Finally, this is the year. Well, right, maybe on behalf of your son, Bobby, tighten up. Yeah, tighten up. Go Irish.